So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday morning, and uh, I have Bill with Spartan Forge uh, on the line. Bill has a pretty cool background, and uh, it's pretty amazing what he offers. But uh, so I don't screw it up. I'm going to let him take it from there. What's going on, Bill? Hey, man. How are you? Good to talk to you. I'm good. I'm good. I, I think with the uh, the Spartan Forge thing, people, including myself, when I first heard of it, get confused. He is not making knives. Uh, Bill, tell everybody <laughs> tell everybody about Spartan Forge, your background, you know what you do, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, w- I was in the military for 21 years. I just retired. Uh, it'll be, a, it was a year ago in November. And, uh, while I was in the military, uh, I worked in various types of, uh, intelligence disciplines, human intelligence, signals, intelligence. I did like cyber on net operation stuff, um, offensive cyber. Think of it as like ethical hacking. Um, I did it mostly in support my first 10 years was mostly in support of like what you'd call like the green army. And then my last 11 years was mostly in support of like the special operations community. Um, and a lot of that time was spent de- de- developing new tools and then kind of coming back, testing, re-kitting, refitting, and then going back out and, and, and working in, you know, live operations with these tools again, doing support to various organizations. And, um, a couple of those years I was doing straight development and straight work with like, I worked with DARPA for two years, um, and other programmatic offices that were trying to develop capabilities for the warfighter. So, um, a lot of that stuff I saw, and we'll get into it later, but a lot of that stuff I saw, I had, you know, hunters, as you well know, and the military, they have targeting problems that they're trying to solve. And they put a lot of thought and, and discipline into how they solve their targeting problems and documenting those things for commanders to kind of pick up and make their own. And I saw a lot of similarities with what uh, hunters are doing and with what um, uh, wartime commanders are doing. So I started writing down ideas and kind of coming up with things that I wanted to develop, you know, one day when I decided to take the uniform off. Um, and that's where Spartan Forge kind of comes from. So I just, you know, like a forge, like building weapons, like you talked about before, it's just these weapons are, are digitized and on mobile apps and desktop apps, and they're aimed at uh, supporting the hunter. Gotcha. So there's a, you know, pretty much everyone's heard of uh, one or an, uh, another of the mapping softwares out. And then there's, you know, you and a couple other ones that are, that are fairly recent. And there are, there are different, um, there's pros and cons to every one of them. Like you can, you can always pick apart um, one for, oh, it's confusing. I don't like how the layering system works. I don't like this. I, you know, the, the aerial uh, footage is horrible. It's grainy, you know, what, whatever. Right. Uh, what makes you not necessarily, you know, I know you, you don't, you don't bash anyone or other companies. What makes you different? What you thinks, what do you think is setting you apart? And, and in the future, which I know about what is going to, at the level you can talk about it, at what what is going yep. to set you apart in the future? So there's a long string I could pull on that question, but I, I guess I would start with first is a lot of these companies that are out there, and I, like I said, I won't mention them by name, but a lot of them are like you have your hunter and then you have developers. And so you have the guy who's actually out there who's got the requirements, the product owner, and then you have the developer, which is the guy with like, you know, 
the pen protect pocket protector with the pens in it, and the tape around his glasses. Who's actually building the stuff. Um, I'm both of those guys. I'm a, I'm a hunter, but I'm also a developer uh, an engineer. And <clears throat> so my, my company kind of ex- exists at a cross section where I, I know what the technological art of possible is. I know it's been built for commanders. I know it's been built for hunters. I know what systems are necessary to put these things into place. And a lot of the capabilities that I've been building for hunters, I've already built in the past. So, you know, I can avoid a lot of the pitfalls and come to come to market a lot quicker with some of the stuff that I'm building because I've already built it in the case of an app or in the case of um, trade analysis data, other data sets, how that data gets cleaned, where you can find that data, how you integrate that data, how it gets displayed on a map, and then how is it user-friendly. Um, I'm able to kind of walk the dog on all of those requirements and it's not that I'm better or worse than anyone else. It's just that I've already failed a ton while I was in the military building these things and I'm just rebuilding it now. So I would say from a structural standpoint, from our company standpoint, that's kind of the first place where I'm different is uh, a lot gets lost when you have somebody who spends a lot of time out in the field um, relating requirements to somebody who's only ever sat behind a desk. Um, And I think that's where a lot of these companies fall flat on their face because they'll develop a capability and they'll architect it to fit like this one need. And then that hunter says, you know, a year later, he's got two or three more things that now require a total architectural change for how the system was erected. So I've had my development timeline and everything I want to build for probably the next seven or so years written down in a book. I know the architecture. I'm constantly doing the research to see what's coming up and what's next. So I'm not having to go back to board on a lot of these things and re-architect the system because there's other solutions out there that are going to fit better from that, that are different from what I built it for in the first place. So I, I would say that's, uh, you know, the, the major piece. But then beyond that, um, I built a lot of the, the tools for myself and for other military guys. And we did it at kind of, I always try to do things at like a fifth to seventh grade level. Um, so that it's easy, it's palatable, you understand it right away, but there's also the ability for a user to go super deep. So when you pick up one of our applications, it looks very simple. If you're just a guy who wants to drop pins and look at topo maps and look at aerial imagery, um, we offer that and you can get on there right away and look at it. But then if you want to go much deeper and you want to understand like, you know, in our first year, we were kind of focused on whitetail hunting. We're moving West as you kind of alluded to next year. But if you want to understand the dough to buck ratios, or you want a polar plot of the major winds in an area, or you want to understand um, like from a pro staff perspective, where we think the best um, public hunting tracks are, um, or you want to get into uh, journaling, or you want to have um, historical imagery, that's a very high resolution. All of that's there and you can get very deep into it or you can just drop pins on it. And it's kind of the same thing. We had some tools in the military. Uh, one of them comes to mind like ATAC. Um, I helped a lot. I helped develop a lot of the capability on the back end for that um, program. And, and going forward, uh, as I was transitioning out of the military, you know, I was taking notes myself for as I was building my own application. So I'd say at like a very high level without getting very deep. That's kind of how we're different. But then also a lot of the other companies that are out there, and this is the last thing, they're kind of dealing commodity data. And it's just trying to get all of that data put onto one application from a commodity standpoint is a pretty simple from an integration 
perspective. What I'm doing is actually trying to build new tools and new analysis pieces and new ways to present data that's not commodity. Like you actually have to go and build something and get it integrated. And so a lot of these mapping companies, and I use Mapbox as well to display tiles, but they derive, they derive all of their capabilities from something like Mapbox. Um, and they're not building new things, not building their own stuff. They're just waiting for someone else to build it and then they integrate it into their hunting app. Um, we're taking it from a different perspective where we're building as many things as we can that are going to help the hunter in as many ways possible and kind of optimize their time while they're in the woods. Gotcha. So some of the things you just said, like you can actually uh, take a photo with your phone of a specific, let's, I don't know, could you do an elk wallow, let's say you mark your waypoint and take a photo of it. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, you can. Yeah. And you can, you can integrate that with the point. Um, and like you can do with other mapping apps as well. Um, yeah, you can attach photos. Um, soon you'll be able to attach videos, um, inside of the points, um, and, you know, pick your optimal wins and all of that other stuff that you get from the other apps as well. Yeah. That, that, that capability is there. Gotcha. So, um, as, uh, as time goes on, like, what do you see, um, and this is a very, I don't know what you want to call, I don't want to say loaded question, but you know, there's been a lot of, you know, talk about the overcrowding, right. And, 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 in hunting and mapping software is one of the things that does yeah. make life easier. You, uh, being someone that's been on the ground level and also building it, I, you know, what, what do you see the negative sides of this mapping software other than overcrowding like the only thing i've really ever seen that's negative is is kind of a an easy button which is good it helps people not get lost right that's important um, yeah with with what you offer explain how somebody could integrate some of when i say manual land nav i think people always look at this as very black and white aaron uses manual land nav so he only looks at maps totally not true the thing that's nice with a map and software like this for me is I can fold out a big map, see a big picture, but I can also hold the mapping software right there and I can easily yep. mark on the mapping software quickly. That gives me a grid coordinate. I can plot on my map later. Talk about some of that because I know guys that, that get kind of confused how both of them, you know, come into play because you can do everything without a map with you have a map on your wall, a terrain feature, let's tight say, like you got it on your table, not a terrain feature. You can plot out everything you did from your, your software onto a big map. So that it's not mutually exclusive. You can do either one. Talk about integrating both. Talk about, you know, where this really comes into play, like where hunters can really use this. It's easy to say what it does, but give some examples. Yeah, so um, there, there's a lot you asked there, and I'll touch on the first thing, which I think you had mentioned kind of like what negative things that people do with these types of apps. And I think what they wanted, the first thing that I do, and I always tell people this whenever I'm talking about new capabilities that we're bringing out, is that this does not replace scouting. Um, and I think a lot of guys use it too much for scouting. And then the first time they're ever stepping out in the woods is when they want to hunt a spot and they really haven't gotten on the ground and done any of the analysis. I think that's kind of the, one of the ways that these things get misused. But then to your point about using the alternating between a map and like mapping software and a physical map, which I also do whenever I'm hunting in an area, you know, 
you've heard the you know guys in the military talk about pace plans, primary, alternate, contingent, and emergency. I always carry like a printed out map of an area that I'm going into with along with extra batteries and all of that extra kit that you need to make sure that you're not getting lost and a compass, of course. Um, so you have multiple ways to do something. So you don't want to just to be dependent on that one thing because if, the, if it fails, then you're going to get yourself lost. But then to your point, it, it is really useful to be able to take a macro view, a macro look at something, which you can do with a physical map. It's harder to do with the phone software, but then we also offer like a web, uh, a web version and I've got a big massive screen in my office. Um, so I do it the same way with that. Uh, and then I'm analyzing that topo and I'm looking at it from that macro view and I'm trying to understand, uh, get a sense of these areas before I go into them. Um, and, and that's useful. And I think people should incorporate all of those things. Like anytime somebody says, I just do one thing, like it might be useful for them or it might be the way that they understand the world, but it always worries me as a planner and as somebody who's always trying to plan for contingencies and, and come up for, uh, come up with uh, multiple ways to tackle a problem because that's really the best way to look at anything is have multiple modes to look at something. And that's the same thing I say with these, with these software applications is that it's just one point of contact. It's one tool in your toolkit. Uh, it shouldn't be the end all be all, but um, definitely integrating and making sure that everything is as high quality as possible and everything has got as much homework into it as possible so that people are able to cut down on the amount of time that they're spending in the woods because they're getting smarter with their digital scouting. So I probably didn't hit everything that you asked for there. So if there's something specific that you want me to talk about more there, I definitely can. No, I think that, uh, no, you, you hit, I'll, I'll, uh, kind of go into a little bit more depth on, on maybe the way I, uh, use the mapping software and integrate it. Um, when I go to, you know, I'll have a map at my house of a specific area, right? And let's just pick something generic that everybody knows. Rocky Mountain National Park, that whole unit, right? Um, I'm using that because yep. you can't hunt in there. So mm, let's say I'm using this for photography and fishing, and I don't want to go off the status quo from the trailhead, right? I, w I may want to bust some brush and, you know, head off into the wild, right? I'm going to bushwhack it to a a lake. Um, wh what I do is I'll look at a big map and I will, you know, potentially I'm going to plot my my route on that big map. And when I say it's a primary and alternate, right? So I, I have two methods to get there, meaning I have my initial handrails. I'm going to follow this creek up. When I have this creek intersection, I'm going to bank left at, you know, roughly northeast, right? I don't get too, I don't have an exact azimuth I'm going to take. It's it's rough because generally there's going to be a creek I can follow in. I'm going to look at that map, get a few ideas. I'm going to grab my mapping software at the same time. I'm going to look at that and I'm going to put some pins in the same spot or, or waypoints, Um to to as a as a secondary or a primary, don't get lost, Aaron. Right? Don't forget to turn left. Whatever. So I'm not big at bringing out my big map all the time, and I probably won't even have it with me. I just used it at home, and I looked at the mapping software. The cool thing about this is, is like I wear a wristwatch. It's a Suunto M9 compass. That helps at yep. times. It's not the mapping softwares aren't always, you know, when you have a little beacon, you know, direction of travel, they're not always perfect. Sometimes they'll be asked backwards. Sometimes they won't. Yep. It's good to check, right? Am I actually going south? No, I'm going north. Oh, it's backwards. No big deal. I can still see where I'm at. That seems to always be on the money. Um, yep. It's just catching features, right? And so 
on that route, I may hit a honey hole on that creek. If I do that on a map, it's a lot more of a pain in the butt unless you can actually read an eight or 10 digit UTM grid. You can mark it, yep. right? When I say mark it, you can go the exact way, hit the creek, go up, you know what I mean, you know, fi- you know, find it or whatever. You, you, you can do it that way. But having that exact pinpoint location, you can do it on a map, but it's a hell of a lot easier on the software. Mark my waypoint, yep. go up and fish. Oh, let's go scout for goats. We've climbed a ridge line, whatever. Now I want to go back to that pinpoint location where that honey hole was for fishing in that creek or river. Rather than I know if I hit close to that, I can just beat feet at south, southeast, north, northwest, whatever the hell it is, get close to that creek, not pay attention to anything but my wristwatch, my M9. Boom, just going. Once I hit the creek, boom, pull out the software. Oh, shit, I'm above it a little ways. All right, now... 250 yards down, I'm at my fishing hole. Integrating both of those is super, and I say both, all of those. A wristwatch compass, an M9 is what I prefer. The mapping software, a map. Using them all makes you very, very, very lethal in the woods uh, and also getting on the ground and scouting. Hit that a little bit more maybe because obviously you know, it's second nature for me now. I've done it forever for a new guy coming out. When I say a new guy, new guy from coming from – back east to out west, where would they be? What would you say your software, right, a map, what are some of the other things they can integrate with this to to get the most out of the mapping software and their experience heading out so they're not just staying on a trail the whole time? Yeah, so, I mean, you hit a lot of it there, and a lot of what you do is a, a lot of, you know, the things that I learned while I was in the military from basic, like, map reading, land navigation courses. Um, some of the other things that I like to do, especially using the software, is looking for, like, high points and areas that um, are easily recognizable from anywhere on the map so that when if you do get turned around quickly, you can climb something and look up, or you can kind of do some rudimentary intersection or resection, um, and, and that comes in. You can Hold do on. that with your, with wait a, your, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Well, you're, you're speaking to people like they know what that is. I know what intersection resection is finish and let's bounce back to intersection and resection. We can explain to people what that is, but yeah, we got it. We got to hit okay. on that. people will be lost. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what I, what I was, I'll, I'll just say it this way is you get a general understanding of what the price, the, the, the predominant features from a topographic standpoint are in the area. And then, you know, if you're like, you want to head towards this lake that you were talking about earlier, you, you know, that that's, you know, roughly Northwest of my position, or you can have an azimuth and you can follow that. And then if you are fearing, like, am I actually heading South right now? Or if I'm not heading South right now, um, you can orient yourself pretty quickly just by using that watch, which is exactly how I use my watch with a compass on it as well, is just to kind of walk myself into a point. But you get that from either from, as you said, reviewing those maps before you ever go into an area and just having a general understanding of what the area is. Um, but then if you do get yourself hemmed up and you do have to talk about some of those other things that we just talked about before, the re- the resection, the intersection, you can actually, you know, shoot a back azimuth and, and plot yourself on a map if something else fails in your kit, whether it's your it's your it's your uh, your phone or or your your GPS Garmin or your watch itself. Um, 
that's how I integrate the mapping software. So for me, when I, when I first started using this stuff, I was, I did use it a lot more than I probably should have. Like I'm constantly looking at my phone, taking my phone out. Um, I actually took this thing from the military that I had, which was like a little folding piece. There are a couple of companies that make them now, but it folds right off of your binos. Or for me, it was my sappy plates in the military and the phone would be right there. So you're always looking at your azimuth. You're always looking at your area. Um, but then that becomes distracting and you're not looking around you and you don't know what you're missing while you're walking. So if you are looking for a wallow or you are looking for a honey hole, um, you know, you need to keep your heads up, your head up when you're moving. And I think that's another one of those pitfalls with these mapping um, um, softwares like my own. But then the other useful thing you can do with it is just tell it to record a track and put it in your pocket. So you can kind of look back and see how you were turned around. And again, it's a trade-off between all of those things to really optimize um, your field craft and how you are in the, uh, how you are in the woods. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I think, um, you know, as I, I, I don't think I, I know the more people get familiar with the, the mapping software, the more complacent they can get and nothing wrong yep. with, I mean, I'm all for it, right? I've, I've talked, I speak about it all the time. I, the mapping software is unbelievable, but truly to get the most out of it, you've got to have a firm grasp on terrain association, for example, because it, it is handy when you're sitting there and you're looking at your, your map, you're looking at that little screen, you know, it, it's hard until you've done it a lot to be able, when, when you look at different scales of maps, for example, it can be confusing if you have a very detailed scale map or it, it will look like, oh my goodness, this thing's got topography lines everywhere. Um, or you take away the detail and I won't get into that as far as the different scales, but looking at a phone is like, how far is that mountain away? I mean, you can get, okay, it's a mile away. If you're not used to it and people don't know what a mile looks like when you're on the ground, it is confusing where you're like, okay, Northwest of me, there should be a big peak and straight East of me, there should be kind of a coffin looking plateau or what, whatever. Then you, you're looking at your yep. mapping. Just look up, right? Oh, fuck, there it is. Yeah, okay, that's not too bad. Oh, Jesus, that looks way steeper than it does on the map, right? I always talk about Google Earth as a lion bitch, right? Google Earth always makes yep. things look much easier than they are. You need to be able to try yep. and associate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I guess if you wanted me to still talk about it, like I, I really – I find it quite useful to understand and if people don't know it or if you, I, I, I'm not sure how many people know how to do intersection or resection, but essentially what I brought up earlier was the resection piece was just when you have, you know, one point with unknown coordinates and then you're looking at sightings of known points and then you can kind of orient the map to where you're looking and then you can just draw lines back to where you are as you're oriented to those known things. And then intersections, almost like the opposite. You have two points with known coordinates. So say me and you are on comms together and we're both shooting an azimuth at one known point, like say it's the highest point in a valley or in an area. And then we either, you can do it with two people or you can do it with one people, one person. But basically you're climbing a mountain, you shoot the azimuth, you record it on your map, you get down, you go find your other known point, you shoot the same azimuth at the same, at the same thing. And then it's, again, you can figure out where something is based on those back aspects. Um, and, and again, it's just, I love using the mapping software. Obviously I run a mapping company. Um, I'm putting as much as I can into this, but it is important to kind of like know arithmetic before you know algebra, if you follow what I'm saying, like understand the, the, what, what you're doing and how you're doing it and then build on top of that. But don't forget those, you know, 
basically what got you there, which is understanding these basics about ma- navigation, because you can get yourself lost really quick in the dark, <laughs> yeah. as you probably know better than most um, in some of these really back, um, you know, middle of nowhere places. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you an example where ma- mapping software will, I mean, in many ways crushes like manual land nav, but, but a, a very simplistic, you're, you're bushwhacking on your way into a, a lake and it's quite a jaunt, right? It's not like, oh, a click or a thousand meters away. We're talking two, two and a half miles from when you left the trail to the, the lake, you know, all kinds of topography in the middle of that, you know, you've got ridges and draws and shit and all kinds of stuff you can get lost on and you don't have much of a handrail to follow in, meaning... I don't have a creek or a ridge, you know, a big mountain range to follow. I'm just going through timber. For me, once I get closer, even following an azimuth, right? And because you can drift and, you know, I'm not paying as much of attention as I probably should. When I get where I think I'm close, I have to get a map out. I have to plot and I have to either my GPS watch or my GPS you know, saying, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not using your mapping software. You are. I got to get that map out. I got to get an eight, eight digit grid. I've got to plot it out on my map. Then I have to figure out where the lake is and figure out my azimuth or direction of travel from there. You turn on your software and you're like, Jesus, dude, it's, it's like 300 yards Northeast. Let's go. Yours took 15 seconds. Mine took five minutes, right? Roughly. Right. And that's if I can fucking get a hold of the satellites. Right. I mean, it is much faster. You want to know how to do it my way, or I say my way manually, not my way, everyone's way that can do it. But man, if you don't have to do it all the time, that's a bonus. Just know how to do it. Cause certainly I'm not going to break out a map. I'm like, Bill, I'll follow you in. Cause you can do it in a second, right? I've got to do a bunch of shit to, to figure out my next direction to travel. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and having that, you know, there, and then the other things that I'm trying to add into this application, which I think other people aren't doing, or at least are doing yet is we've built like out like a LIDAR layer. And this LIDAR layer, is, it's a fancy way of saying it's just using light detection and ranging instead of radio detection and ranging like you would with a LIDAR to build a map. And we've got very high resolution LIDAR data um, for about 70% of the U.S., and we'll be putting this map out here in a couple of weeks. But again, it's a, another tool, another piece in, in the kit, and it shows you elevation in a way that people have really never seen it before. And you can even over the way that we've built it, you can even overlay topo if you need to. But then we also overlay, uh, if you look in the app today, the slope angle shading and other stuff like that, which really gives you like a comprehensive look. Again, more ways of looking at a piece of terrain before you actually step foot on it. So you can understand, because as you said before, Google could be really deceptive on you know, how far away is that peak over there? And you're just looking at it on that map and you don't have anything to really set it in context. But then when you have, you know, uh, this LIDAR, this uh, light detection ranging um, resolution that we're, or this mapping layer that we're putting on here, and then you're putting topo over it, then you're putting slope angle shading over top of that. Now you can really get an understanding of what the context is of that land, especially if you've walked and used that stuff before because it kind of gauges you. And now you've really created many different ways to look at something and just make yourself more efficient while you're out there. Um, and, and those are the types of things that we're trying to bring that are not this commodity data that I've talked about before. It's really expensive to go out and find all of this data, 
but essentially what we're giving people is, you know, three meter resolution on, ele on elevation for most of the United States, which can be super helpful. And again, making sure if you're in an area where you don't have those guardrails that you talked about, or you are trying to be efficient with your navigation, or you are trying to put a stock on and not, you know, spook an animal, um, the higher resolution that you can get that stuff, the better you can make your plan of attack before you actually decide to move. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So talk a little bit more, um, w you know, with with your software and like where people um, top to bottom, where can they find it? Pretty much everybody knows you get it, you know, from your, your app, uh, you, you know, whatever your, your app store app store, and then yep. go through the, the steps. Is it, um, super confusing? Is it fairly easy? Like talk about getting that on your phone and, and what you need to do, the cost of it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So right now, um, we're, I believe we're the cheapest on the market. We're about 39 bucks. Um, we will be adding uh, some capability I call Blue Force Tracker, which you'd probably be aware of, but it should be out in about a month. I, I don't like saying exact days because no plan survives first contact when it comes to this stuff. Like I have a development date and I ne almost never meet it. But um, you'll go to the App Store, type in Spartan Forge, um, two separate words, and you should be able to download it there. There's a free version that gives you like property land data for all of the US, which you know other companies make you pay for. We give it to you for free. Um, and it gives you probably 60% of the capabilities of the application. So if you are one of those guys who just wants to drop pins and look at a seven day forecast and look at property owner data, you can get that from our free app. So that's at Spartan Forge in the app stores. You can also go to www.spartanforge.ai. So we have a lot of pro staff. One of them is a buddy of yours, Levi Morgan. Uh, you can use his code. You can get 20% off of that 40 bucks. So you're really spending like 34 bucks for a year of mapping software. Um, and you can set your account up on the spartanforge.ai website, start using it on the web there right away. And then you can use those credentials that you established there. So your login and password, download the app, and then you'll have it there free as well after you've paid for it on the website. Um, so that's where people can find us. And then our website is spartanforge.ai. Um, and, uh, you know, there's stuff on there, articles that we have our guys write. Our first year, myself, I'm a white-tailed guy. I, I, every, everywhere I was stationed in the military was on the East Coast if I wasn't overseas. Um, so we kind of started in the white-tail realm because that's what I was I knew and I was aware of. We are coming out with features over the summer here. Some of them you know about, some of them you don't. Um, and partnering with some pretty big names in Western hunting. Um, and we will be moving West and putting out Western-focused capability um, going out into next year. And our goal is to keep it uh, as, as, you know, developed as well as possible, but also keep it as cheap as well for the pot, for the hunter um, and integrate more of this Western focused data while still maintaining a keen eye on everything that's going on in the East, but just offering up more capabilities that I think, especially from a map breeding line navigation, even the stuff we talked about with intersection and resection, there are ways that you can improve those things with phones. Um, and we're going to be integrating those tools um, over the summer into next year as we get, um, as we get lined up for Western hunting. And uh, I'm get, I'm excited here to go and do my first Western hunt sometime next year. Um, maybe meeting up with a mutual friend of ours um, out West and, uh, and doing my first Western hunt because I've never done it before. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. <laughs> No, that's cool. I, uh, you know, anytime like the, the, the mapping stuff where you can get people excited about going further than they would be comfortable with, um, is a bonus, right? I mean, cause it's not, it's not overly, you know, easy, um, 
God. When you're born out here and you're born out in the West, you know, it's, it's easier to just head out and not worry about getting lost. Um, it's actually really easy to get lost back East and down South where there's no terrain. It actually is fairly difficult to get lost in the mountains for a long period of time. You can, I mean, you can get injured. I mean, you can get don't get me wrong. You can get fucked up. Um, but <laughs> if you know what you're, you're doing and have some basic, uh, terrain association, um, you know, general navigation, uh, common sense about you, it's, it's more difficult, uh, to get lost. But what it does allow you to do when I say get lost, meaning if you stay on the trail, you know, within reason, right, you're not going to get lost. But when you start bushwhacking it, dog hair, thick timber, yeah, it's it's it, that mapping software for people that haven't learned land nav gives them a little warm and fuzzy to go farther, to do a little bit more, to you know get you know look over that next ridge. And I'm always all for that. Um, and it, it, it for what it costs, it's really everybody should have it. And you know when I say that, meaning people spend money on dumb shit all the time. Um, it is pretty freaking important to have it and not just in not getting lost. It'll keep you from getting in fucking trouble. And when I say that, yeah. it keep you from getting in trouble or knowing offenses in the wrong spot. And I've had that happen. Like I see a buck and it's like just on the other side of this fence. And I'm like, Jesus, that fence is 400 and some yards in the wrong spot. You know, me personally, I'm probably still not going to take the shot because I know when to deal with the heat, you know, somebody sees that. And the next thing you know, whatever. Yeah. But it does give you, hey, game warden, I was right here. I, you can see my tracks. This fence is in the wrong spot. I wasn't trying to break the law. I'm just saying this fence is in the wrong spot. Or, oh, this, uh, you know, Dave Smith owns this. I'm going to go knock on yep. Dave Smith's door. Those are all super handy things. So, yep. And, and, and like you said, it's cheap enough that everyone should have it. And in our case, it's free. Um, you can go on and download the free app. You can get that property data. You can get the public land data. You can, and, and the, and the, we, so we offer two different types of maps on the free version. We just offer like our, our basic sat one, two, and three, which is just, I would say three meter resolution imagery data, which is about as accurate as you're getting out of most of the other mapping softwares that are out there. And then on our paid version, we have what is a five centimeter, five to 15 centimeter resolution, which allows you to see amazing detail. Um, and it's getting better here over the summer, but our coverage is only about 40% of the U S on that five to 15 centimeter, uh, data. And then we have that, the rest of that, um, one to three meter data for the rest of the U S. Um, and that's free. You can get to the one to three centimeter data and you can have a way to not get lost and you can see property lines. Everything that you just talked about is available in our free app and we don't require you to look at a bunch of advertising inside of the app. Um, there's really nothing there. Um, it's just the, it's just the program itself and it's there and it's available for people to use. We may do some advertising on the splash screen. In other words, when you first open the app going into next year, but again, uh, there won't be any of that annoying crap with other applications where you download it and there's like ads you need to click through and you have to answer a survey or you have to do some other dumb bullshit, excuse me, get some other stuff. Um, before you can use the application. We don't do any of that onerous BS. We just allow you to use it because it's there and we want to encourage people to hunt. Cool. Right on. Well, you have anything else you want to, you know, my biggest thing I wanted to, you know, to get some eyes on, you know, a bigger uh, platform to, to take a look at what you're offering. And, and I also know what you can't talk about, what you are going to be offering later on down the line, which is, you know, quite exciting as well, but anything else you want to kind of hit or cover um, uh, about the app or anything else? 
Yeah, I mean, so there's a couple of things just quickly. And again, this application, as I said from the beginning, the intent here was to never replace scouting. We have some AIs for the whitetail guys, artificial intelligence that do predictions on movement. It really doesn't replace scouting, and it's not something that you should use as like an end-all be-all. It's just like, you know, if the wife says you got one to three days over the weekend to hunt, it, you know, it's a good way to kind of calibrate what day you should be going out there from a movement perspective. Um, we've got diaries and journals um, that are integrated inside of the application. You'll be able to print those out here pretty soon over the summer. So if you're taking notes while you're in the field, it'll automatically pull down the weather. We do the 3D mapping. We do the LIDAR stuff that I talked about. We do the um, slope angle shading. The web app has all of that stuff along with like terrain emphasis and weather and historical weather, which a lot of people don't offer. Um, and, uh, and then we are integrating some stuff with a Western company that will be putting out the advertising here pretty soon for, uh, and we're really excited about that. We'll be integrating the tagging stuff into the, some tag features into the application itself. Um, and we'll be able to put that out pretty soon, but it's got everything else that the other guys have, the public land, the private land, um, the trails, um, agricultural information. Um, we've got four different types of satellites. So, I mean, really, I don't see us as a mapping company, uh, even though that's kind of what we are right now. But as we start putting out more of these features, we're more like a machine learning company because we use artificial intelligence. And a lot of my work in the military was with artificial intelligence. And that's what we're integrating into this application on the back end. And we'll also be bringing that stuff for Western hunters. So there's just a ton of stuff there. We're going to be integrating in a lot of different places that is going to give people some capabilities that they've never seen before or even thought about. Um, and I'm excited to kind of bring it all out there for the hunter um, and, to, and to keep it as cheap as possible so people can enjoy it without having to break the bank. Gotcha. Well, no, that's good. Um, and, and I, you know, with that, we name off some of your, uh, you know, your, your pro staffers or, or, you know, cause you mentioned Levi, but you have, you know, several others, if they want to take a look at, uh, maybe with some of what they're doing, uh, you know, specifically with your software. Yeah. So, um, if you go to our, our YouTube at Spartan Forge on there or our website, we've got, um, uh, Levi Morgan. There's a couple of Eastern guys, uh, Andy Mays in the Midwest, Garrett Prawl. We've got the seek one guys from the Southeast. Um, Bo Martonic runs this podcast called East meets West. He does a lot of Western hunting and he's been advising a lot of, uh, the Western development stuff that we're doing, but he's also a whitetail hunter out in Pennsylvania. Um, we really have like my, my the, the reason I built, I started and built with the, the pro staff that I did and why I continue to, um, seek these pro staffers out the guys. And I don't even like the term pro staff because these guys are my friends. It's not like they're just hired hand hunters or whatever. They're more like super users that get, that I pay to give me feedback. <laughs> um, but, uh, these, these guys all go out there and do it themselves. Um, and generally they're doing it while working another job. And, um, that to me is, the model that most hunters have to follow after because they have a job, they have families, they have obligations, but they still have that need, that itch that they have to get out there and get after it. Um, and a lot of our features are built with that in mind. And that's why we do the AIs. That's why we do the different types of things that allow you to do a lot more scouting on the back end as you're planning and prepping um, so that you can maximize your time when you're out there. Um, with your family because you know I have a brother who's an electrician he's got seven days of vacation a year um, he wants to make sure that when he's out there alone and unafraid that he's optimizing his time he's not getting lost he knows exactly where he's going um, and he can minimize the amount of time that he needs to do, spend doing other things he can spend that time hunting so that's kind of like the ethos and those are our pro staff and uh, you can check them all out and the way that they incorporate and use the application which 
some of the guys use it, in, you know, we have a property annotation tool um, and I'm going to be doing stuff with this property annotation tool in the West as well. But essentially what you'll be able to do, and it's not a first course of action. This is not what I would call a first course of action for this, but when you're knocking on people's doors, trying to get um, access to either public from different areas, like a lot of my whitetail hunting out East, I would knock on someone's door and say, Hey, I don't want to hunt your property. I just want to walk through it to get to this public ground so I can hunt these whitetail from a, from a, you know, most of them are keyed on where the parking lot is and where most of the people come from. So I'm trying to hunt from different spots. So right now you can mark that prop. So if I go knock on a door, it turns red, uh, or I'm sorry, I knock on a door and that property owner says no. Um, I can mark the property red. Um, it will store that on my property annotation tool. And then if that property is ever sold, it will turn purple and say, hey, go back and knock on the door again. So you can go back and knock on the door and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to hunt this property. But then the second thing that you'll be able to do in the future with this Blue Force Tracker tool is if you're trying to say you're trying to get on a particular elk unit. Um, and you're trying to get access, the guy's like, Hey, you know, I'd love to give you access, but I've had a lot of problems with hunters in the past going through my property, um, messing things up or parking where they're not supposed to park or scaring my kids or anything like that. Um, I, I wouldn't say this is your first course of action, but as a last course of action, you could say, Hey, if you download the Spartan forge app, you can share your property with me. And then you can see when I'm traveling through your property. So that hunter knows, or that property owner knows whenever you're using their property for access and they can see it and they can only see when you're on their property. But I see it as a really good way to kind of lessen friction and improve property access for hunters who are trying to get out there and access these properties, um, either ones that are landlocked or get to them in different ways or non-traditional ways and the rest of the guys are getting after it. Yeah, that, that actually is super cool. Um, I've never thought about that or, or, you know, that, that I, with everything that I do, that wasn't something that ever crossed my mind, but that's pretty, pretty slick. So that's cool. Yeah. We'll be putting out that part where you can basically, sh- the, the property owners will be able to see when you're on their property and your property alone. Um, and we'll be putting that out here sometime, probably summer, late summer. Cool. Cool. Um, well shit right on, man. I don't really have any more, uh, you know, questions, obviously I wanted to make sure get the word out, have people be able to go check out, you know, your, your app and then also your background, which it, it's always, um, you know, especially with like what I do with the packs, uh, you, you, you've got somebody, you know, on, on the mic right now and the owner of the company that's not only has the, the field experience and doing the design, but also is a hunter. Um, so he's, he's got the, the technology side of it down, but he also has what he needs, uh, in the field in his brain as well. And you can be very reactionary to what you want to do, which is, which is awesome. So. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate you having me on, and um, I hope people will, will will give it a shot, at least try the free app out. And then I, I reply to everything on Instagram right now. Um, we've only got, you know, I think a little under 20,000 followers, but I spend about two hours a morning while I'll take my pre-workout, go do my workout, and whether I'm sitting, like, on the uh, treadmill before I actually do my lifting or while I'm taking my pre-workout, starting out, just getting ready for my workout, I answer everybody's messages. So if people have questions about the application, things they don't like, things they do like, more things they'd like to see, um, I, I'm, I'm doing the interaction on there and I'm happy to feel, feel people's input. And uh, um, I, I plan on maintaining that direct access um, no matter how large or busy I get. Cool. Right on, man. Well, shit, I appreciate you having me on and uh, probably have to do this again, you know, in, in a few months, maybe go a little bit more in depth uh, onto both sides of the thing from the software to, you know, manual land nav and integrating those or potentially have you come out, you know, when I do a seminar, um, a land nav seminar and have you do a, a block of that 
going over the, you know, the, the app and, and the software, talking about integrating them and what it does, how to use it. But we can talk about that offline. But thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Aaron. You have a great day. All right, you as well. Take it easy.